What is up, amazing listeners? Welcome to episode 3 of Saga Gridiron Podcast. Today, me and Edward talk about the NFL draft coming a week from now. Man, I am so excited. We are hyping up this class because, wow, there's a lot of generational talent on here. You got a great quarterback. Kyle Pitts is amazing. I don't know where he's going to land, but whoever gets him is going to win the jackpot. And we're going to talk about the great receiver class and some of our favorite defensive players. So stay tuned for that and let's get on with the podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode three of Saga Gridiron Podcast. I'm here with Edward again. Colin can't come on to this episode. He's a bit busy, so it'll just be me and Colin again. We're going to be talking about the NFL draft, which is exactly a week away, which is crazy how quickly everything's happened. I remember college football barely coming back at around uh, October, November, and it's crazy that the class of 2021 is ready to get drafted, and we have some of some great prospects this year, really, really good ones. And with that being said, Edward, what do you think so far? Just a general overview and your opinions of of this class. What do you think? I think this is honestly like a really stacked draft class in so many different positions. We have a really deep quarterback draft class. We have um, three three prospects at wide receiver who will be wide receiver ones in most other drafts, but um, they just all have really great physical tools and really great ability. We've got um, two running backs or, that are – capable of and worthy of potentially being first round picks. Um, we've got a great uh, offensive line draft. We've got a great cornerback draft. Um, so I think this is really going to be one of the best drafts I've seen, at least in a pretty long time. Yeah, I, I would say so too. Um, I, re- I think some defensively, this draft kind of does lack, right? There's probably like uh, five defensive players that like I can name at the top of my head that I can say, yeah, I can see them having like, pro bowl level careers right um obviously not too many uh outside linebackers not really a big safety draft either um the the corners are, are pretty good the top top three four are pretty good but uh, aside from that i'm just glad to see that this class is really interesting to me and i really see that i really think that this you know with some of the players retiring this year right drew Brees, we might see a quarterback go um to the saints probably in the second round not the first or not the first round, but it'll just be interesting to see how these teams try to fill up their positions too, especially with the limited salary cap. And there's some uh, teams that really do have have needs that they'll definitely try to address it in the draft. So with that being said, Edward mentioned earlier that he, he likes this QB draft class. Now I have a question here. I've been talking to a lot of people, right, uh, about this quarterback draft class, right? So you have Trevor Lawrence, you have um, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, right? That's that's the top five. I've had yeah. people tell me that this class is kind of overrated. Well, what would you say to that? If somebody told you like flat out, like, I don't think this class is that good. There's probably like one or two good prospects and like, that's it. What, what do you think of that statement? Honestly, um, I'd have to say I disagree with that. I think Trevor Lawrence is one of the best QB prospects we've seen in the history of the NFL. He excels in basically everything, and he just has incredible physical tools, incredible physical ability, um, incredible awareness, just in all senses. 
Then we have Zach Wilson, who has drawn comparisons to Patrick Mahomes with his arm strength and his capability. And then players like Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Trey Lance is a player that, um, coming from a very small school, is kind of questionable, but I think, honestly, he has a lot of tools to succeed. He's a very mobile quarterback, one of the more mobile quarterbacks in the draft, and he's able to, you know, really turn heads. And I think in the right system, under the right mentoring, he could develop into a really great quarterback. Then we've got people like Mac Jones. Um, he was <clears throat> really great at Alabama, and I think in the right system, he, he could also thrive. Um, and then Justin Fields is also kind of a questionable prospect um, due to just the fact that he played at Ohio State, and Ohio State quarterbacks have never generally, you know, historically panned out very well, but I do think that he has a lot of great physical tools as well. And then we've got some more underrated prospects towards the back of the draft, towards the back of the first round, second round, third round, like Kyle Trask and Kellen Mond, who are who are really, really solid quarterbacks coming out of college and were mocked as first round picks at the beginning of, you know, mock draft season and have fallen quite a bit, but I think they're still capable of um, making a splash in the NFL in the right situation. So I'd say that this quarterback is uh, very good and I don't think it's an uh, overrated whatsoever. Yeah, I, I would agree with you too. It, it really reminds me of um, the 2012 quarterback draft class, right? Or I feel like within the next four or five years, we're going to view this draft quarterback class as kind of like that, right? In 2012, you had Andrew Luck, you had um, Robert Griffin III, we had Ryan Tannehill, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, right? Those guys made a they have a, they made they made a name in the NFL. Some maybe for like a couple of years or two, like RG3, right? Unfortunately, the injuries got to him. And like you mentioned too, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of decent depth at the back of uh, this class, right? Um, I'm not too high on Kyle Trust. I, I Watching him and Florida, I thought the offense was um, a little – it was way too too check-down oriented for him, right? And having a prospect like like uh, Kyle Pitts, who we'll talk about later, right? Like, he had Kyle Pitts, who's easily a generational talent, right? So I'm not too high on him. You mentioned Kellen Mond. I think Kellen Mond, if you give him time, can develop. I'm, I'm not a big fan of his quarterback mechanics. The way he, he stands and his throwing motion doesn't seem to, so fluid to me. So that's why I kind of do have question marks on that. And even to um, uh, who's, I forgot his name, the guy from, from Stanford, David Mills or, or whatever it is, he, he's his stock, his draft stock. I've been reading lots of articles from a lot of uh, other um, scouts, you know, they, they're really high on him. They say that, look, if you pick this guy up, let's say in the third or, the, or in the third round, right? he could possibly really be a sleeper pick kind of like how Dak Prescott was when mm -hmm. he was a rookie, right. And like a fourth rounder. And, you know, he, he really helped lead the Cowboys and became a franchise caliber quarterback. I think David Mills can kind of be like that. It just depends on what kind of system you're put in. Right. Um, you mentioned too um, about Justin Fields with, uh, with uh, Ohio state quarterbacks, not panning out. And you can also say the same thing with Alabama quarterbacks, right? They haven't really succeeded, even though there's been tons of talent going through um, Alabama in the last couple of years. Can you kind of see both Justin Fields and Mac Jones not living up to the expectations if they are, let's say, top 15 picks? I can. I can see either of them going in the top five, respectively, but um, I I do think that they have the possibility to not pan out as well as you know they played in college. Justin Fields had a really, really, really great Ohio State team behind him. And Mac Jones was, you know, he's an Alabama quarterback. We're always going to thrive in that system. 
Nick Saban is always going to build the best possible team around his quarterback. And Jones has some qualities, like some flaws to him that um, could maybe translate poorly to the NFL. Um, and Fields has a couple of downsides as well that I think might not um, allow him to pan out as positively as possible. But um, I do think that they're capable of really becoming top uh, quarterbacks on their teams and um, leading a franchise one day. But I think they do have a couple of downsides that could um, that could uh, prevent them from becoming the players that they really can be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, I'm going to switch over topics here. So uh, about a month ago, the 49ers decided to trade up to the number three with the Dolphins. And this was a really big move, right? Like the 49ers, like a couple of years ago, were in the Super Bowl, right? They were they were a top team, had a top defense, right? And and now this team's now most definitely in the look for a quarterback. I don't see them trading up and giving up that much for like a receiver or a tight end or any other defensive player. This is definitely a pick at quarterback. Who do you think Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are going to select at number three? So... I think that the 49ers would either go with Jones, Fields, or Trey Lance, um, but my money is probably on Fields or Jones. Uh, Max Jones would fit really well with San Francisco's system and Kyle Shanahan as a coach. Um, since he could, since he, you know, his production was partially a product of a great Alabama system, I think a good system in uh, San Francisco would help him translate very well to the, uh, the NFL. Um, Fields is the third best quarterback in the draft overall, in my opinion. Um, but Trey Lance is also a very viable option. Um, I can't make a super definitive choice, but I think I'd have to put my money on either Jones or Fields. Yeah, that's that's what a lot of people are thinking about, right? In uh, my latest mock draft, I thought the 49ers are going to take Mac Jones, right? Um, Shanahan has definitely put a lot of attention on Jones, right? And also, too, same with Justin Fields, right? But I really feel, and like it's kind of like a gut feeling thing. I think they're gonna probably go with Mac Jones just because he seems um, more more NFL ready. And if I were to say his his floor is a lot higher than than a lot of these other quarterbacks, right? Compared to like let's say Trey Lance and, and Justin Fields, right? His his floor is a lot higher. And I really think that Shanahan's gonna try to see if he can raise that ceiling because a lot of uh, a lot of scouts, they, they like saying that he has a really high floor, but a low ceiling compared to somebody like Trey Lance, right? Trey Lance has a lot of intangibles, got great arm strength and athleticism, but the accuracy really isn't there and the decision making isn't there either. So with with all that being said and, you know, doing all this reading, I'm I'm just sold that the 49ers are going to are going to take Mac Jones. It, it, it makes more sense, you know. Jones has been in the system with a with a great coach in Alabama and I feel Shanahan will well I won't say he won't uh totally rebuild his offense but he'll definitely reconstruct it to be more more uh Mac Jones friendly right not having not having as many uh as many deep shots but making quick reads and stuff like that because that's what Jones excelled at at Alabama his decision making was uh, was on top of of all the other college football quarterbacks, he had great ball accuracy. So I really think that Kyle Shanahan has 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 his eyes set and without a doubt on taking Mac Jones at number three. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I'd have to agree with you. Um, I know I've said it a couple times before, but Shanahan's system and the 49ers system could raise Jones' floor as well as raise his ceiling. 
So if he can thrive in that system, he can really make an impact for them. And with all their defensive pieces back and healthy, I think that they can make a run at the, not just their own division, but the NFC in general, um, and be a really solid playoff team if, but that is if Jones can click with Shanahan's system. So I do think that, you know, if they have the chance to um, get Jones and, you know, they think that he will fit really well with their system, um, and he's, you know, the type of player that Shanahan wants to groom and mold into the franchise quarterback in San Francisco, then I think that um, that would be a good option for them. So talking about franchise quarterbacks, um, Joe Burrow last year was drafted at number one overall. The Bengals this year have the number five overall pick. There's lots of reports going out that Joe Burrow's heavily recruiting and heavily influencing the front office to get his teammate, Jamar Chase, who helped him have probably one of the greatest seasons in college football history at LSU back in 2019. Jamar Chase was incredible that whole season, incredible during the um, championship game as well. Do you think that they'll probably listen to Burrow and draft Chase, or can you see them maybe drafting a tackle like Panay Sewell or Rashawn Slater? What do you think the Bengals choose here? I really think they should listen to Burrow. Mar Chase is my wide receiver one. He's got absolutely incredible physical ability. Um, his size is great. He translates perfectly to the NFL, in my opinion. And um, I think that he's definitely pro-ready, and he can really make an impact on the Bengals having Burrow, with Burrow already having a relationship with Chase and a closer relationship with that. I think that he could um, be their, you know, Burrow's top target in Cincinnati for years and years and years to come. Um, but, you know, there's always the option of taking a tackle to protect Burrow since, you know, that was one of the reasons why Burrow got injured last season. Um, his offensive line was terrible. He was taking a ton of sacks, especially in his rookie year. It's not really great to let your quarterback take so many sacks. It's a shake to their confidence. It's a shake to their ability. But I think that taking Chase at five is their best move because not only does it keep Burrow happy, but increases their chances of winning. And even if the Bengals grab like, I don't know, Alex Leatherwood or something in the later rounds in the second or third round, he would be a great prospect and, you know, help protect Burrow well enough that Sewell or Slater wouldn't be, you know, their potential impact wouldn't be so great. Um, so Leatherwood could, you know, help protect Burrow and then Burrow would have Chase as a number one target. So I think that they should really go with Chase if they, if they can. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Edward. I really, I've been thinking about this a lot, right? Because, you know, if you kind of like think about it, right, you have a franchise quarterback, you're drafted last year, he got injured really badly last year, right? And then this year you have good tackles. I think this class is, has really good tackles. I really like that. And then you also have great receivers too. I feel like the Bengals are probably going to want to choose the next wide receiver one, especially after moving on from A.J. Green this year. A.J. Green's been so good for the Bengals for the last 10 years. And I think just right now is the perfect time to get that next A.J. Green caliber player, right? A player who's who's big, he's physical, he's got great hands. I think it's the perfect time for the Bengals um, to draft a receiver like that, especially at number five, because there aren't that many receivers that you'll find like Jamar Chase and a lot of drafts. Um, I'm going to move on to another topic, speaking about wide receivers. So Devontae Smith measured in at 175 pounds. He is six foot one. He is six foot one. Um, do you think Devontae Smith's size, if you were a GM, would affect your evaluation of 
of him as a prospect and if he would succeed at the pro level? So um, today I saw a comparison to from like Devontae Smith's size to Marquise Brown's size. Marquise Brown um, is known as one of the smallest receivers in the league. He's really quick and really speedy and really skillful, but he's he lacks size greatly. So that's why Lamar Jackson has to focus on Mark Andrews if he wants like a big end zone target. Um, so I do think that Smith's size is going to affect him negatively. If he can go on an NFL diet or a pro diet once he gets into the league, if he can put on weight and put on muscle, um, then I think he can translate better. I'm not too, too worried about his physical profile, but I don't think that staying at his current size would be the best choice for him. I think he should definitely try to bulk up as much as possible before, you know, getting into a pro game. Oh yeah, definitely for sure. You know, I was, uh, I was reading something, you know, of, of Devonte Smith saying that, you know, during class he'd do push-ups to try to get himself bigger and, you know, he's really trying to get himself bigger, right? You know, I've been watching interviews with a lot of uh, the prospects on like on like uh, YouTube, like on NFL Network and stuff like that. You know, they'll go on there, you know, talk about what they're doing to prepare for the draft. And Devontae Smith, I, I remember clearly saying that he's just focused on on getting his body ready for this pro level. He knows that he's a smaller size and he knows that that's something that's um, is that you, you can notice it. So I really think that, like you mentioned, getting him on a, um, on, a on a pro diet to to bulk up and, and gain some weight. I really think that he can't do that. I like that you mentioned Marquise Brown because uh, that's another player I was thinking of comparing him to, right? Really, really fast, really shifty, just the size lacks. And and, and Marquise Brown isn't considered a red zone threat at all due to that size. So that's something that I've been thinking about um, with Devontae Smith. <clears throat> so uh, moving on, we're going to go back to talking about the quarterbacks for a bit. Do you th- and one of the most intriguing questions, right, and most intriguing things that's happened in the last month has been the stock of Mac Jones rising a lot. You know, I have him project, we have him projected going third uh, to the Niners. And here's a question that, you know, you, we talked to him, kind of alluded to earlier is, do you think Mac Jones can show, or do you think he can ever be a top 10 quarterback in the NFL during his career? Because we don't really see these types of quarterbacks um, as much anymore who are just pure pocket passers, you know, have great accuracy, you know, a Tom Brady type mold. We don't really see these kind of quarterbacks too much in the NFL uh, a lot. And especially in, in the prospects over the last five years, um, we, we haven't really, really seen something like this. Do you think Mac Jones can be a top, has the potential to be a top 10 quarterback uh, during his career in the NFL? So do I think he has the potential? Yes. Do I think he will? Potentially not. He has a lot of solid tools. Like you said, he's a great pocket passer, kind of that Tom Brady mold. But I think he really needs the right situation to be able to thrive. In Alabama, he was surrounded by some of the best prospects at their individual positions. So that really, you know, not only boosts his confidence, but boosts his ability and boosts his production. So people are wondering if he's like a product of an Alabama system, you know. So if he's able to get into the right system and thrive there. And I think he has the potential to be fringe top 10 during his career, um, you know, floating around that mark, definitely. But if he, you know, doesn't fit into the system in his first couple of years, wherever he's drafted and, you know, he starts to lose confidence, he loses the starting job, somebody else takes his place and, you know, his team starts running with that guy, then I don't think he's ever going to get there. I think he really needs to 
go into the right situation at the start and, you know, run with that and be able to um, build on his own game and build off of his teammates and grow. But the wrong situation would definitely be a detriment to him. Oh, yeah, uh, definitely for sure. Um, I, I really think that Mac Jones is one of those players who's a high risk, high reward kind of players, you know. Um, in Alabama, he was really good. Like I mentioned earlier, he was really, really accurate with the ball. And that's another reason why his his draft stock has has really gone up. You know, watching watching the tape of him, like, you know, he makes great reads. He can kind of understand the defense uh, pretty well. And usually quarterbacks like that can translate and learn really well in the NFL. A GM earlier today, um, I saw this on NFL.com, said that he thinks that Mac Jones is probably a genius a uh, football player, right? His his brain is always working and and thinking while he's on the field. So I'm confident that Mac Jones will kind of be what we what we see what we see and what we think of of Ryan Tannehill, right? Probably a fringe top ten quarterback. Um, good accuracy, you know. He had a slump in his career with with Miami, but I mean, I don't blame him. He was being coached by Adam Gase at the time. I really think that the highest that Mac Jones will be is what we saw of, of Ryan Tannehill last year. What do you think of that? Um, honestly, you know, Ryan Tannehill, the thing with him in Miami was I don't think he was ever in the right situation to thrive. I, you know, I've always seen his ability. I've always seen his capability, you know, in his best games when he's playing his best, he's, you know, pretty dominant, I'd say. So once he got out of Miami and got away from that situation, Miami was always like a consistently poor team. And that was just dragging down not only his confidence, but his production and his stats. And it caused people to, you know, kind of hate on him. So once he got out of Miami and moved to Mike Vrabel's system in Tennessee, he was- Yeah, Arthur Smith's system. Right, yeah. So, I mean, it was just such a boost to every aspect of him in general that he was able to put up MVP caliber numbers and enter the conversation of top 10, top 15 quarterback in the league. He became a really viable uh, QB one on your fantasy teams. He became a great quarterback in the AFC. He and Derrick Henry and AJ Brown helped lead the Titans, the playoffs. Um, And I don't think that he would be able to do that in Miami. So I do think that you know, Jones in the right system could have that kind of comparison. Yeah, uh, I mentioned Arthur Smith, right? Like Arthur, Arthur Smith became the new head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons hold the number four overall pick in this year's draft. What do you think the Falcons are going to do? do? Do you think they'll trade down? Do you think they'll use it to select uh, a quarterback for the future? Because that's what I have them. I have the mock to take Trey Lance. Um, what do you think Atlanta does with number four on draft day? Honestly, that's kind of a fuzzy topic for me. Matt Ryan, I don't think he's ready to retire yet, but I do think that Atlanta's key players are getting a bit older. Julio Jones is getting up there. Matt Ryan is getting up there. Um, Calvin Ridley is one of their best younger players. So taking a quarterback to have Matt Ryan groom, you know, for a couple of years until he retires, a few years until he retires, would be a good move. Justin Fields, I feel like would be a nice fit for Trey Lance because, you know, I feel like Trey Lance is a really high ceiling, but also a potentially low floor just of his skill set and intangibles don't translate well from his small school environment to the NFL. Yeah. So 
I mean, they could go with Lance, they could go with Fields, you know, if the 49ers go with Lance or Fields, they could take Jones or whoever, you know, uh, San San Francisco didn't take. But I do also think that selecting Kyle Pitts would be an option for them. Like you said earlier, Kyle Pitts is a generational talent who has incredible physical ability, incredible natural ability, and he's able to play tight. He, He can play tight end, but he's also got you know, speed and skill to potentially be like a really, really big wide receiver. So I feel like, you know, a skill position player like that can't really, you don't want to pass that up, but if they really are set on a quarterback, then that could be a good move for them. Justin Fields or Trey Lance. And there's also the possibility of taking Kyle Pitts. So I'm not really sure what they're going to do, but it's probably going to be one of those options. Yeah. I I like that you mentioned uh, Kyle Pitts, right? Um, I feel like if Atlanta was going to take Kyle Pitts, there are definitely in a win now moment because Kyle Pitts is an incredible prospect. Matt Ryan, I think is still a top 15 quarterback in the NFL. I, I think his accuracy is still there. I mean, he's had, I think he's, he's had the most completions um, than any other quarterback since 2012. And I really think that he can, ele- that Kyle Pitts can elevate that offense even more, but it'll really be up to the defensive end of the ball to pick their things up. So it's such a complicated situation for the Atlanta Falcons, you know, I think the I think the best choice for them is to probably um, maybe trade down with another team um, just to accumulate more draft picks for the future, right? Because they're such in a, in a weird position. I think that I think they're still going to try it out with Matt Ryan for two year, two more years. I mean, they have to because Matt Ryan's going to have a fifty million dollar cap hit next season, exactly, which is yeah. yeah, which is which is incredibly like wow, Absolutely that's the, ridiculous. Yeah, that is crazy. You know. Cap it, so they got to ride with him. Yeah, they have to ride with him either way for two years. So, like you mentioned, Trey Lance doesn't make sense because you're going to have a quarterback with a lot of raw talent that's going to get uh, groomed by a really good quarterback, in my opinion, one of the more underrated quarterbacks of the last decade. So, we'll have to see how Atlanta does. I still think they're probably going to take a quarterback. This is their best opportunity to kind of think for the future. So, I'd say probably Trey Lance. Another team that really intrigues me too is the Detroit Lions. Now the Lions were part of that blockbuster deal with the Rams. The Rams traded for Matthew Stafford and the Lions in exchange for getting Jared Goff and a couple of first round picks in the future. So um, Edward, let me ask this. If Justin Fields is available, should the Lions take a quarterback or do you think they should drop a weapon like they'll say Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith? What do you think would be the best decision for them? So this is also another like gray area in the top 10 for me. I mean, situations like the Falcons where, you know, they could take Pitts, they could take Fuels, they could take Lance, you know, they could take Jones if those three are available um, are really difficult. But for the Lions, I think that Goff is still solid enough to be your quarterback for the years to come. I don't think Detroit is going to the playoffs anytime soon, but, you know, they weren't doing that with Stafford anyway. So if they want to get, a valuable skill position player that they can groom for the future and that they can have when their real franchise quarterback arrives, then, you know, I think Waddle or Devontae Smith would be two really, really, really great picks for them. I'd, say, I'd probably say Waddle over Devontae Smith just due to Smith's size. And I think both of them are really, really close as prospects in general, but I like Waddle a little bit better due to his um, increased physicality. But, you know, Detroit could, all, could also go for a Jeff Okuda replacement, you know, maybe Caleb. Wow, Fleet that quickly? Patrick Sertain. I don't even know. I mean, Jeff Okuda definitely disappointed in his first season. I don't think that, you know, he needs to be replaced 
immediately, but I've seen a lot of mock drafts where, you know, Caleb Farley or uh, Patrick Sertain or, you know, even JC Horn get mocked to the Lions because I feel like that, that's a big position of need that wasn't filled by Okuda. He still has a lot of time to grow and develop, but I don't think in the current situation that the Lions are in that he's going to be able to thrive. So they have a lot of different options here. I don't think quarterback is the you know right road for them to go down now. Um, I think it's probably Jalen Waddle if he's on the board. Um, but I mean, you, you really don't know. I don't. I really don't know for them. Yeah, that's interesting. You bring up uh, taking a corner too because they took uh, Jeff Okuda. I think at number number three and number four last year. He was a yeah. He was a he was a top three pick. That's crazy. Um, though I mean, I kind of do blame it on the Lions. If you really watch a lot of Lions games. I, I did so for a little bit just to do research on some of these teams, right? I, I like to watch uh, – let's go on, uh, on a website. I'm not going to say. It, it's just uh, some illegal streams, you know, and they'll have it on there, and that's how I watch the games. And, you know, I don't have a league pass or anything, so I can't do any of the crazy 22 angles and stuff. But I do notice a lot that of Okuda, they play him a lot in, like, an island one-on-one with a receiver, in it, and it's crazy, you know, having to put a rookie there – and it was just such a dumb decision by by the Lions uh, defense to really have him be one-on-one with receivers, especially in rookie year, because that's going to affect them a lot in their confidence. Um, I think that Detroit will definitely take a wide receiver. I, I don't see them getting a quarterback. And let's say that quarterback is better than, than Jared Goff, right? You're not going to have your backup who's making tons of money. You know, you're not going to bench him because – He's just sitting there making money, doing nothing. So I just think the best move is to do what you can with Goff, right? He was able to take the Rams to a Super Bowl. You know, that offense was built for Jared Goff. I would think if they can build an offense again like that just for him, I think they can get they can get similar production to what he was back in 2018. All right, and another question here, you know, I'm, I'm looking right here at the, at the order of the draft. What team do you think trades up to, let's say, get a quarterback? I'll start first. I can really see... Um, the Washington football team trade up with, let's say, um, with, with the Panthers, right? The Panthers aren't in need for a quarterback. They got Sam Darnold. Let's say uh, Justin Fields is there. You know, I think that they'll they'll break the bank for another Ohio State quarterback. You know, maybe this time he'll work out. But I can see that being a possibility. What do you think? Um, honestly, I was thinking of teams, um, and I wish I thought of the football team because that would be a really great sleeper, you know, trade up pick. Um, but I thought of maybe the Patriots. I think that the Patriots could trade up to draft their QB of the future. Um, Kyle Pitts' stock has like completely soared. So maybe if they want to trade up to, I don't know, five or six or something like that, and maybe have a chance at nabbing him or maybe having a chance at nabbing Trey Lance. Um, Lance, I think, is the perfect prospect for Belichick. So much, like you said, raw, natural talent and intangibles that I think Belichick would really, really know how to mold and how to turn Lance into you know their quarterback of the future, their real Tom Brady replacement, not Cam Newton. I'm definitely not sold on the Patriots being very high on him, but I do think that the Patriots are really capable of anything on draft night. Yeah, they've been so aggressive this entire offseason. I can see them trending up to seven, as we mentioned earlier, with the Detroit Lions. You know, the Lions are in a sticky spot, and I'm pretty sure they can get a good receiver 
um, at 15, which is where the Patriots are at. So if the Patriots want to get aggressive, that's one spot you can think about too. Um, I'm going to mention another team here, Chicago. Do you think they could trade up to maybe, let's say, get uh, Mac Jones? Because that's something I've been thinking about in the back of my head for a while. You know, Andy Dalton's not going to cut it. You know, Chicago fans do not like that they have Andy Dalton as their starting quarterback. Do you think the Bears could trade up um, to get, let's say, Mac Jones? Because I, I don't think Trey Lance or Justin Fields will be available. Maybe they can – I can see them trade up with the Broncos. But what do you think? Not sure. I don't see the Bears being, you know, risky enough. Every trade up has a very high amount of risk. What if the guy you want is already taken by the time you get there and you wasted so much, so many resources, so many future Mm -hmm. assets to, you know, miss out on the guy that you traded up to get. I don't know if I see uh, Ryan Pace being that, that dangerous, but I do think that if he's willing to trade up, I think the Broncos or the Panthers or something like that, um, would definitely be a good good team for them to trade up to because they can nab potentially Trey Lance if he falls because, you know, we never know um, what will happen on draft night. They could also maybe get Devontae Smith or if, you know, their quarterback, if the quarterback, top quarterback prospects are gone, they could get a really great weapon to, you know, help Andy Dalton as much as possible. I think trading up high enough to grab one of those top four or five quarterbacks should be their priority if they want to trade up. But if they don't trade up high enough and those guys are all gone by that time, then I do think that it's, you know, it's time to ride with Andy Dalton as much as they can since, you know, they signed mm-hmm. him, they gotta, they gotta pay him, they gotta play him. Um, so then if, you know, all their quarterback prospects are gone, if they have nobody else with interest, they're not going to take Kyle Trask or Kalamad or anybody like that that high. So, I, I mean, think... it's the Bears. You never know. They, they <laughs> might. It's the Bears. Let's I mean, be honest. I wouldn't be surprised if um, they took they, they took Kyle Trask and Kalamad. You know, talking about that too, um, Nick Sirianni earlier today said that uh, when evaluating the competitiveness of his of the of the upcoming quarterback prospects, he was playing rock paper scissors with them. I thought that was really weird. Like, I actually think that's pretty cool. I think it's. I just mean, it's like, cool. Yeah, I would say so. But it's just such a. It's not something you hear often. Yeah, it's not very I think that it's a unique and kind of creative strategy. I don't know what he's really going to gain from that, but I think seeing, you know, just the competitive natural, natural competitive instinct coming out and, you know, quarterback prospects is a good thing for a coach or GM to really evaluate. And I think that's a clever little way of sneaking it in. I know if he was playing rock, paper, scissors with me, I would definitely be playing to win. Um, and I get to <laughs> off if I lost. So I think that would be, I think that's really interesting and unorthodox and creative. And, you know, I, I think that's pretty cool. With the 12th pick of the 2021 NFL Draft, the Eagles select Kyle Trask, Florida, at number 12. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. All right, uh, last question. We've given so much love to the offense. So, Edward, tell me, who are your favorite defensive prospects from this class? So this corner draft class is really, really solid. You know, Caleb Far- Farley had that surgery. I believe it was on his back, right? Yeah, it was on his back. That dropped his stock a little bit. You know, I've seen people put J.C. Horn as their CB2 now. But Patrick Sertain has been my CB1 from the start. He is, you know, I mean, he's drawn comparisons to Jalen Ramsey with his ability and his instincts. 
Um, I feel like Caleb Farley, you know, before his surgery was the more physically dominant and naturally um, and more athletic corner too. athletic corner. But I feel like Sertain has a great, great um, technique and great, great ability and really, really high potential, really high ceiling to be one of the better quarterback cornerbacks in the league. Um, so I'd say Sertain as my top defensive prospect. You know, we've also got somebody like Micah Parsons who could make a splash. We really never know. Um, but I think I'd say Sertain. Yeah, Sertain looks really good, and especially playing at the SEC with a lot of other top prospects. You know, that's going to raise your, your, your game, and you're just going to be a lot better when you come into the pros. One prospect that I like personally, been one of my favorites, I've been watching his tape, um, Jeremiah Wusu Koroma from Notre Dame. I think he is explosive. He reminds me so much of uh, of Darius Leonard. Um, he's an off the ball uh, outside linebacker. He's just explosive. He's hard hitting. You know, he looks like he will threaten you. You do not want to run up that gap if he's going to shoot it, man. That guy can hit. I think that um, I've been. I'm seeing here, maybe a team like the Raiders pick him up. That's why I'm going to, you know, he would definitely be an upgrade on, on most teams. And I think he's a sleeper pick. I think that if this was, um, if Michael Parson wasn't there, he would easily be the number one um, outside linebacker too. Another one too, um, Jalen Phillips, right? His pro day was incredible. Um, outshined teammate Greg Rousseau, who a lot of people had going in the first round. Now Rousseau might be a fringe second round pick. That's what I'm seeing in a lot of mock drafts. Um, I think uh, Jalen Phillips, you know, obviously has some concussion problems and stuff like that. But man, that guy's speedy. He's he's he can he can rip the offensive line pretty well, man. I think if Miami picks him up, which is who I've been mocked going to, I think he's going to make Miami an even better defensive team, having a, a great edge rusher. Um, on there what do you what do you think edward yeah miami was one of the most surprising teams last year they were really solid in basically all aspects of the game they had a really great special teams that you know returned punts for touchdowns kick returns for touchdowns um their you know defensive side of the special teams did really great with um field goal and punt blocks and stuff like that i saw so many highlight reels of stuff like that happening and then you know these you know un, unknown heroes come up and step up and really contribute very well and have a really positive high positive impact on that Dolphins defense so I think somebody like uh, Russo would you know I mean staying in Miami um, oh yeah <laughs> you went to Miami for college I think it would be a really great fit um, you know his concussion problems are a little bit worrisome but I do think that if he can avoid that he can really 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 make a very big impact on that defense oh yeah for sure you know, as we mentioned earlier, this this draft class is really good offensively. There's a lot of players here. Um, I think it's there's a lot of tackles too, so a lot of teams will get better. Um, one team in particular, the, the, the Chargers, they have their quarterback of the future. All they need is the left tackle. So it'll be really interesting to see how this uh, draft plays out, see what trades occur during the draft. And, you know, some of the players, like you mentioned, Caleb Farley, their stocks have fallen due to surgery. I mentioned earlier Greg Rousseau's stock has fallen a bit, you know. It'll be an interesting draft, and I really think this will be one of the better classes that we've seen in a while. And with that said, everybody, thanks for listening to episode number three of Saga Gridiron. Hope you guys enjoy the NFL draft. You guys enjoy it as much as we do. You know, we love talking about this kind of stuff. So, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. We'll see you guys on the next one.
If you're interested in more content from me, Colin, and Edward, visit LosAngelesSaga.com. We have young journalists across the country covering all sports. We have more podcasts coming up, so stay tuned. Again, that's LosAngelesSaga.com. Trust me, guys, you will not regret checking out our website.